<laughs> Way to start it off. Welcome, guys, to episode four of the Collecting Raj podcast. As always, I am your host, Raj. And uh, so, yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and start off hot with this one. Uh, and the reason why I said that is because, guys, we did it. So in the last episode, and I'd also touched on it in the episode prior to that one, uh, regarding the Mattel Creations Back the Ring uh, project for the, uh, and I I guess they don't want to call it the New Generation Era Ring, but that's what a lot of people are calling it. So um, I'd spoke about it the last time because they had also at that time added on a early bird special um, addition to it, which would be a Macho Man Randy Savage. And uh, of course that offer ran until the 13th, which was Friday. And somehow, miraculously, uh, in a matter of just a day, like on Friday, it went from having a little over, like, I want to say it was 1,400 backers to well over uh, the 5,000 needed in order to meet the baseline goal. Uh, and since then, uh, we've also reached the goal of adding the Doink in um, to the project as well. So uh, congrats to everybody who opted in to go ahead and back the project. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really uh, cool thing. And also it's kind of nice that uh, now this will more incentivize Mattel to do more of these, you know, crowdfunding Kickstarter type of things uh, for wrestling based stuff, because it is something that I feel like they've kind of needed to do for a long time. And of course, if this fell through, I really did not see it having a future of ever happening again. So it was really cool uh, to see that it did get, backed and we're not only going to get what was originally in it which was the diesel the, the ring and you know the entrance uh with the lights and uh, all that good stuff but as well being able to get the macho man and now also having the doink added in there with it so incredible value really really cool thing and i'm uh and crazy excited that it did get backed uh, my wife wasn't crazy about it, but um, let's be honest. I really don't think um, a lot of um, our spouses would be too crazy about us, you know, spending, you know, two fifty on, you know, a ring setup and stuff. But I mean, hey, that's uh, it, that's just part of the game of being a collector. Is sometimes you have to kind of make those calls to, you know, take part in something or add something to your collection that uh, is a little on the pricier end, but in the long run, you know, it's going to have its own value and worth and uh, will really be just a top tier addition to your collection. So I'm really excited uh, to get that and add it in with everything else uh, that I currently have. So it's been a pretty, pretty busy week for me uh, as far as getting things uh, added to the collection. Uh, I also finally received my order from ringside collectibles that I had placed back in March for a bunch of ringside exclusive figures. And unfortunately, whenever I did put the order in, a lot of them were uh, on pre-orders, some real late pre-orders. And what that was, was the ringside exclusive ultimate warrior, the ringside exclusive uh, NWO John Cena and the ringside exclusive TNT championship Cody Rhodes figure. Now, uh, out of all of those, the warrior was the one that was on the longest pre-order. Um, it was slated for a late August release. So I, mean, I kind of knew what I was signing up for whenever I, you know, made the initial purchase. However, I was not hoping, I mean, I was hoping that it would actually be shipped and I would receive it near, you know, late August, not, you know, almost two weeks, or I'm sorry, I said late uh, July, 
instead of uh, being two weeks into August. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm glad to have, have gotten it. Uh, and, of course, if you know, if any of you have ever bought from Ringside Collectibles, they really are great people over there. It is really cool to have that option to be able to get some of that stuff. The only thing I've ever had any type of complaints with is just kind of the quality of the packing that they have when they ship these items out. Fortunately, I did receive all mine and they were not damaged. However, they were packed in so tight that I almost had to cut the corner on the outside of the box just to separate it enough to get my figures out. The Cody uh, was already wedged in there super tight and the Warrior was wedged in between the Cody and the side of the box so tight that I almost could not just pull them straight out. So fortunately I managed to escape without anything being damaged in that situation. But when they're packed that tight, uh, it, if there's any kind of impact, uh, to those boxes on the sides, it's just, it's just going to completely destroy whatever's inside. So I was very fortunate to not have that happen now. And I only say that kind of stuff really worries me a lot because having been a former FedEx delivery guy, I have seen the absolute worst situations where you know boxes just get completely destroyed because unfortunately the problem you run into is that FedEx has a weight limit on their standard freight that goes through normal delivery routes of up to 150 pounds. While some of the other delivery services have you know substantially lower uh, weight limits. So you have a higher risk of having something like a 90 pound box of dog food or a 135 pound bed frame being set on top of that box and destroying whatever's in it. So whenever there's no packing or anything in there to help kind of cushion that, um, I, I definitely sweat bullets. And that's why, unfortunately, I don't order as much through ringside as I probably could. And I do try to find more things out in the wild. But I would also rather find them out in the wild in one piece in a good condition rather than risking it going through ringside and getting messed up in the process. Because unfortunately, I did have that problem with something getting damaged in shipping. Uh, and that was whenever I received my Ultimate Edition Hollywood Hogan and Ultimate Edition uh, Bray Wyatt. Unfortunately, the Hogan was completely smashed in, even though it was in a protector. Like one whole side of the box was smashed in, and there was very little protection in there at all, just a little bit of like crinkled up paper. And uh, I, I've just. As somebody who sells and ships things as well, I have a hard time getting on board with that type of situation. I, I get it. You try to want to cut costs wherever you can to make it more efficient. But at the same time, they do charge a pretty substantial price for the shipping. So there should at least be a, a, a slight, I mean, I think there should be a better quality control situation when it comes to their shipping. But speaking of, if you decide you want to get anything through ringside collectibles, like I said, they are good people. Uh, it is, you know, it, besides the issue with the shipping, it is kind of nice to be able to go through there and get your stuff without having to worry about the the hunting aspect of things or going through secondary markets, especially when you're able to pre-order stuff. And if you have to do that, use the code MAJOR and you get yourself 10% off. So um, obviously that's not a code uh, that is sponsored by me. Ringside doesn't sponsor me, obviously, but it's, it's a code that I'm aware of that you can use to get 10% off your order. Uh, or I believe it's 10% off where you can get like free shipping with that code instead if it's an order of over $50. So keep that in mind if you want to place you an order through ringside because they do have a lot of really cool exclusives like the uh, Jurassic Express 2-pack that's got Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy in it. And of course the Ultimate Warrior, the Cody, and the NWO John Cena I got are all incredible figures. I'm keeping mine sealed mint on card. In fact, I'll actually be doing a little bit of a video for the YouTube, hopefully in the next day or two that I'll have posted up, where I kind of show off the figures, you know, kind of give you guys a little bit of a tour of uh, the box design and give you kind of a, a, a real up-close look 
of of how they are, uh, how they look, uh, the detail on the packaging, and of course my final thoughts on the product because those I will be keeping sealed. I, I you know I do have a lot of loose stuff in my collection, but there are a few things that I do when I that when I do get them, I do like to keep them sealed, and those are definitely. Um, the case in that situation. I'm definitely keeping those sealed. In fact, the Warrior and the Cena are in uh, little protector cases. The Cody, uh, they don't really have a protector case for that, um, but hopefully I won't run into any issues with it falling off the top of the DTOV or anything crazy like that. So here's two fingers crossed for uh, that situation. Also, speaking of Cody, so this week my my wife went to a Target and a video called me and occasionally, you know, and this is kind of a cool thing that she does, uh, even though she may butt heads with me sometimes on my collecting, she does try to support me and look out for things if, you know, she's ever out and about. And she had video called me and said, hey, do you need this? And she, um, from off screen, pulls her hand onto the screen and she was holding a one of 1,000 uh, Cody from the AEW Unrivaled Series 6 set, and I about lost my mind. As much as I drive around and hunt and go to store to store, I've literally never seen uh, one of the Chase AEW figures, and she just happened to stumble across one. And it was, you know, late, you know, afternoon, which made it even crazier. And she managed to find it, and she also found the LJN Cody from the new Unmatched set, which I was also looking for. So it was really killer that she was able to come across those. And then of course she also found uh, the Britt Baker that my brother uh, Robert was looking for. And so I was able to get, you know, that knocked out of the way for, you know, his collection. Cause he's a big Britt Baker fan. I already had mine, so I didn't really need another one, but it was really cool to help facilitate him getting one. Cause unfortunately where he lives at, there's not a lot of options for stores and shopping. So I do tend to do a lot of uh, keeping an eye out for him. And of course other people, uh, you know, like my buddy Jake or Sam or, you know, a couple other guys that are in the community that I talk to here and there in case there's something that they're on the lookout before, because, you know, sometimes you, it's kind of nice to have that networking system because uh, you can get some really cool stuff that way. So it really does come in handy. Uh, and speaking of Robert, also while I was out, um, I ran across at the, at a different target. This is when I was out kind of gallivanting, uh, trying to find something for myself one day. And NECA Ultimates, uh, and I didn't know this even coming out, they had a um, Hellraiser pinhead figure from the NECA Ultimates line. And that thing looked absolutely killer. Uh, and fortunately, I knew he wanted that. He would definitely want it because he's a big horror fan, big horror collector. Uh, and Pinhead's pretty iconic, especially in you know kind of that cult horror realm. So it was really cool to be able to snag that for him and save him a little bit of headache having to go online and try to track it through eBay or some kind of secondary outlets like that. Because some of those cult classics of you know horror like that, or like Army of Darkness, Evil Dead, uh, things like that, some of those you know figures long-term typically end up hold a lot of value to him. I mean, try to go find a Captain Spaulding from the old McFarlane line from House of a Thousand Corpses, or even the Otis for that matter, and uh, you just, you can't get them cheap. I mean, they just, prices on the things are ridiculous, and Hellraiser stuff tends to kind of fall in that same category. So it was actually really cool to find that for them. And it's been a big surprise for me because I did not know it was even a thing that they were coming out. And usually I'm pretty keen to newer NECA releases, and that one I was completely blindsided by. Uh, and speaking of NECA releases, uh, at 
Walmart. I've seen the single Pan's Labyrinth NECA Ultimates figure, which was uh, the kind of weird horned deer demon, whatever the hell the thing is. Um, they, I've seen that single figure in the Ultimates uh, style boxing at Target. But when I was at Walmart this week, I was able to, you know, track down and actually see in person the Pan's Labyrinth two pack that had both the Demon as well as Pan in the in the um, box. So and it was really cool. Uh, little uh, the, the box design was beautiful. Uh, if you ever seen the movie, it's really cool. Uh, and it was I did not know there was going to be a two pack of that, so it was also pretty nice to see something different. I think retailing those is around 50 bucks, which isn't too bad when you think that a normal Ultimates from NECA is about 30 So I think it's a pretty solid price point. Now, whether those are Walmart exclusive or not, I'm not quite sure on. But keep an eye out for that. If you're um, a Pan's Labyrinth fan, check out your local Walmart in the NECA section, and they may have that two-pack, because I know they are uh, pretty fresh um, in the wild, because I've literally only seen them that one time, and they are uh, pretty damn cool. So keep an eye out for those if you are a Pan's Labyrinth fan or even just a, a general horror fan. So really, really cool. Now, I've got unboxing videos I've still got to shoot. Um, I'm going to be doing the unboxing for the LJ and Cody from the Unmatched uh, Series 1 set, but I'll also be doing the Dustin Rhodes from the AEW Unmatched Series 1 set. I'll be unboxing that one as well. In fact, it's oddly enough, this is probably the a lighter week for me in terms of unboxings. Uh, I filmed and, po and posted an unboxing a few days ago. Uh, this week, uh, WizKids finally did the pre-release for the new X-Men uh, Rise and Fall Hero Click set. And the local shop in my area yeah, had a limited amount of stock, so they were able to let me get six boosters. And I got some really, really cool-ass pulls from that set. And a beautiful set. Um, NECA and WizKids, you know, obviously being kind of a, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of a, a more, you know, solid partnership. And you can definitely tell that NECA's quality standards are kind of bleeding over into WizKids' Uh, side of things with Hero Clicks, uh, because this set and even the Wonder Woman set just uh, incredibly uh, beautiful, beautiful sculpts on a lot of these newer Hero Clicks. They've done a really good job on the quality on them. Uh, night and day difference between these and some of the older sets. And this new Rise and Fall set, the figures are really great uh, from a playability standpoint. They've, you know, really cool. Uh, Really cool figures with great powers, abilities. The stats on the dials are really good. If you're a Heroclix player at all, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Uh, you can definitely see, um, <clears throat> excuse me, signs of uh, power creep going along in this set. Um, the power, the the point values are definitely a lot lower for your standard piece to piece ratio, uh, and the stats are substantially higher for those point values. So it's definitely catching up. So there may be need to be some kind of uh, maybe a scaling issue again uh, for you know anybody who wants to do kind of older pieces versus newer pieces again. Because I know uh, in previous situations with the um, guys I play with, usually if there's anything from the Flash set or prior, we would always do a 25 point or 25 percent reduction in the point value of the figures to kind of help offset 
the difference and the point to power ratio and it seemed to work out but i think with these last like two or three sets there may need to be another tuning in that situation too because it does seem uh the, the power creep is getting incredibly um uh, in, incredibly um outweighing uh what the you know previous scaling was uh, but great figures, great sculpts. I, I was fortunate enough to pull uh, three super rares out of the six boosters that I had purchased. Uh, one being the Mystique that was designed uh, like the you know you know mid night mid to late nineties run uh, version of Mystique with the white dress. Because there's also another version of Mystique in that same set where she's you know more that modern era style Mystique. Uh, then I also pulled the super rare Angel which typical Archangel style, black costume, blue face, metal wings. And it's honestly, it's probably one of the coolest ones out of the set that I pulled. Uh, and then the other super rare I ended up pulling was, oh boy, what was it? You know, I completely drew a blank. I'll have to look at it again. It's And the worst part is, is I could probably like check a box and, and figure it out from where I'm setting. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to go through all that. However, I will say uh, that you know there's a few other pieces in the set that weren't super rares uh, that are really cool. Like uh, there's a, a rare prime, a dark beast uh, styled from the Age of Apocalypse version of Dark Beast, which is really cool. Uh, there's an Exodus in the set that's pretty uh, insane looking, very very beautiful sculpt on it. Uh, Deathbird was the super rare I got. Now that I've I've kind of got my mind on what I was pulling. But beautiful, beautiful figures. If you're uh, a Hero Quick Sky or gal, didn't mean to single that out on one side of the fence, but if you're a Hero Quick collector at all, uh, the new Rise and Fall set is really, really cool. They're doing pre release now in a lot of stores. Uh, and then I think full blown release, I believe, is for the 27th of the, or no, I believe it's the 30th, actually. So just check with your LCS and maybe they can give you more details on it. But really cool. Uh, set and even if you don't play the game especially with the wonder woman set and this uh new x-men set the sculpts are so good i mean they are really really awesome and would make great little mini figures to put in a display like if you put them in a detail you could probably just pile a ton of them on some risers and it would look really damn cool so uh that's you know something that's always an option i know a lot of people that collect them but don't actually play them just because they really do like the aesthetic of the smaller figures and they have a lot more options of being able to, you know, kind of display them because you can get a hell of a lot more hero clicks on, you know, on like a little small set of shelves than you can, you know, your standard action figure. So, uh, you know, there is an option. And of course, I always advise that, you know, if you can't get them through your local shop, uh, honestly, on newer sets, especially, you usually can get, you know, bricks of boosters, which is about 10 boosters and a brick through, you know, places like eBay and stuff. And usually you can get them for a fairly reasonable price versus retail, surprisingly. So, I mean, you could always check out there um, for uh, those options on, on sets like that. I myself uh, had cracked open also a booster brick of the Flash set. Speaking of, I mentioned that a few minutes ago. Uh, cracked that open last week uh, with uh, my buddy Joe that I work with, uh, and or we, me and him, cracked open a Avengers Defenders brick, which was actually ended up being some pretty cool pulls. I got the Loki and Dormammu super rare, as well as the uh, Man Thing super rare out of the set and the black panther sitting on the throne so uh, i got some really good pulls out of that one uh and then i opened a flash brick 
later that day when I got home and ended up pulling the Black Lantern Zoom, uh, which is an absolutely killer piece. Looks incredible. Uh, you can check out the video for that uh, unboxing for that booster brick from the Flash set on my YouTube channel as well, uh, which if you want to check out those or any other videos for unboxings or reviews, just go to YouTube and look up Collecting Garage and you can find my page there. Subscribe, you know, like the videos. Feel free to leave a comment. Um, any and all feedback is greatly appreciated. Uh, but yeah, you can check out those videos there. Like I said, I've got more I've got uh, to post up in the next couple of days. So just keep an eye out for those. Hopefully sometime by Tuesday, I can try to get those squashed out and get them posted. It's been kind of a busy weekend, so I've been a little delayed on getting this stuff done. In fact, I actually wasn't supposed to do the podcast today. I was supposed to attempt to do it tomorrow. However, I would uh, rather not come home from a long day of work and you know, try to work through physical exhaustion and try to form together words and uh, coherent thought to do a podcast. So I figured I'd do it now uh, in the calm of the evening. Uh, and it's, you know, and it should definitely be up uh, by tomorrow morning, which would be Monday. So uh, let's go ahead and move on to a secondary topic. Uh, and this is kind of a... um. I guess it may be a review, maybe, possibly. I don't know if I call it a review, but my thoughts uh, on this week's debut of AEW Rampage, that was on Friday. Uh, I did actually did not get to watch the main event match. Unfortunately, I had kind of a killer day on Friday, and I was able to get um, get through the first two matches, which was Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega and Miro versus... Uh, Fuego del Sol. Uh, and I got to say, and actually I did end up going back and watching the Britt Baker match. Uh, it kind of in a separate situation uh, the next day. Uh, fortunately, DVR is the thing. So thank you for that sling. Uh, uh, but I will say that um, an hour, I think, is a really, really ideal time span for a show. I did not watch SmackDown at all prior. I honestly didn't have the drive nor uh, the patience to deal with that. Pretty much anything that's Raw or SmackDown, I I just have a hard time bringing myself to uh, check it out. Like I may look at you know snippets of it through social media, like you know Facebook or Instagram, things like that. But I, I find my find it harder and harder for myself to proactively watch those shows anymore, just because a lot of it does seem very. Uh, paint by numbers and and i just it, for me it's it's a little boring and it's not me even trying to like directly crap on the product because you know all the men and women there you know all, all the performers they work their asses off uh and i just uh it, it, it if anything it kind of bums me out knowing that the creative directions for a lot of the people on those rosters uh, just is doomed to go nowhere. And, and that, that is a little disappointing. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, Rampage was really, really good. The Christian Cage and Kenny Omega match I thought was fantastic, which I honestly expected. Uh, I think Christian is one of the most underrated workers in the history of wrestling, not just, you know, of recent memory, but in history. I mean, I, I think he's, Fantastic, and even for his you know age, the guy still can go. It's incredible, and so I knew they were going to have a banger, and it was a really really great match. And I look forward to what's going to happen with All Out. I kind of have my theory on 
that whole situation. I really don't think Christian's going to make it to all a lot. I feel like some kind of Tom Fuller is going to go down and is going to take him out of the main event. But, I mean, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it's really cool to have that intrigue of just not knowing what's going to happen. And that's something you don't get really too often with wrestling anymore. Because, especially with WWE stuff, more often than not, you can see the stuff coming a mile away. And more often than not, it's not a good result. And it's uh, a little disappointing. Well, with AEW, I still tend to find myself pretty frequently going, man, I just don't know how they're going to pull this off. Or this is kind of a tough spot. Or, I mean, it just, I really like the element of just trying to guess. And then there's some things that they do that are, you know, very predictable, but that's okay. Sometimes you can have predictable and it's fine as long as that, whatever is predictable is a good logical outcome. And that's kind of where the difference is, is that when it's predictable, but logical, that's fine. But when it's predictable and just dumb, that's where you kind of lose the connection there. And that's unfortunately kind of where I'm at with uh, anything with the WWE right now is there, there's just really that strong disconnect there because what they do do that is predictable is just, eh, it, it's, it's just a little, little hard for me to swallow. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I've, uh, I, I, there's definitely a disconnect there with me for that, but yeah, the Kenny Omega and Christian match was fantastic. Great finish. Uh, Christian winning the impact title was great. I cannot wait, uh, to see him defend the titles against Brian Myers on the 20th. I'm really excited about that. I think they're going to have a killer match. I think Brian's highly underrated, uh, incredibly smart guy and anybody who can kick out some of the students that he's kicked out through you know Creta pro you know like john silver statlander uh you know mjf you know, people like that have gone through you know his you know school and done training with him uh the guy's definitely got you know some level of of knowledge in terms of knowing what to do and how to you know, elicit responses, things like that. So I'm really excited to kind of see what him and Christian are able to cook up. I think it's going to be really damn cool. Uh, the Miro and Fuego match was about what I expected it to. You know, they started out, you know, with a lot of hope for Fuego right at the beginning, just kind of getting those hot moves in real fast. Uh, you know, you kind of knew that he wasn't going to win, which again, this is one of those things where, you know, it's predictable, but it's fine. You're fine with it because you know that the story they're going to tell up to that finish is going to be really good. And they did tell a great story with it. Uh, it wasn't a real long match, but you know, it was definitely cool having Fuego come in and get those moments, but then Miro show his dominance and really show, you know, that, uh, that just that incredibly, incredibly strong, you know, character that he has now compared to what it was when he first debuted. And it was just, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't hitting, but he, I feel like he's really hit his stride now and it's really, really cool seeing him be what he should have been the entire time. And that's just this, this monster that just destroys whatever he gets his hands on. And it's really damn cool. Now I will uh, say that I thought it was very awesome that they did the segment post match where Sammy Guevara came out and, inform Fuego that even though he didn't win, that Tony Khan is going to give him the contract. Also, again, those things you just kind of saw as predictable that Fuego was going to get signed because he's got a huge cult following within the AEW fan base, and I think that's really cool. I know that we personally, whenever we were at the Dynamite and Garland, that I mean, 
that crowd was chanting for Fuego so much throughout the entire night. And it was just really crazy to think about it. Um, so, you know, anybody who's got that kind of support behind them. And, and the great thing is the AEW does listen to the fans. And that's another example of them listening to the fans. So I thought that was a very, very cool moment. So definitely uh, happy for Fuego. Uh, I, I'm really kind of excited to see what they can, to, can do with them. Because in a weird way... I'm not necessarily from a promo standpoint, but from like um, a physical appearance standpoint and the way he moves, he reminds me very much of like Rey Mysterio circa 97, 98 WCW, just real small, but just can move. And uh, just a lot of, a lot of speed and a lot of energy. And I, I, I think that, you know, if he can stay on the right track, I think there could be some big things for Fuego down the road. So that's really, really cool. And then we come to the main event, which ended up being Britt Baker versus um, Red Velvet. And this was an okay match for what it was. Um, obviously, Britt's kind of hindered right now with her injury and what she can do. And there were definitely spots in the match where you could definitely tell that it is kind of affecting the performance a little bit. But that crowd was red, red hot uh, for her. It was really, really cool that you know she got such a huge response there in Pittsburgh. And of course, she got the win, and then the, of course the post match angle, or she ended up attacking Red Velvet, uh, and then you know of course all the stuff with Jamie Hader and everything. So uh, you know, decent enough post match. Match itself was okay. I could see why they wanted to main event because obviously it is Brit there in her hometown, and is really cool that you know unlike the E, you know person from their hometown doesn't show up and get humiliated every time, which they are notorious for doing. So it's really cool to see somebody really get a, a solid win and a, a good response from the crowd in their hometown. Uh, but yeah, all in all, I definitely give Rampage a thumbs up. Cool show. Can't wait for next week. Uh, it's going to be really, really hot in Chicago. Uh, you know, there's all the rumors circulating and going around that, you know, that's where CM Punk's going to pop up. I mean, I, I, if I were a bet man, I'd say yes. Uh, there's been a lot of hints kind of going towards that and a lot of, you know, rumors and innuendo and speculation. Uh, but regardless, like having that kind of there in the wings as being a possibility is a really, really exciting thing. So I definitely look forward to Rampage next week. So if you haven't checked out this last one, check it out. It's a great show. Uh, and of course, it's on every Friday night, uh, 9 p.m. Central Time. Of course, compare it up to your time zone. Can't really tell you. I guess 10 Eastern, 9 Central. On TNT, and of course, if you're fortunate enough to have DVR, DVR it. I mean, it's only an hour, and that's really cool that you have a wrestling show that's just an hour long. It definitely kind of reminds me of some of the old, like, WCW Saturday Night kind of stuff. Just real short, bite-sized, digestible, really cool. I I, I do dig short shows like that. Uh, You know, especially also kind of reminds me of, like, you know, older NXT when it's still on the network in its earlier days. Just one hour, bite-sized. And it's, you know, you're in, you're out, you got what you needed. And I, I think it's going to work out very well for AEW. So very, very cool. Uh, and then, of course, like I said, Impact Wrestling on the 20th, you'll have that uh, title match for the Impact World title between Christian Cage and Brian Myers. So check that out uh, as well. But I think uh, for now, that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode. Um, I really do appreciate you guys checking me out, but like I said, uh, in all the previous videos and of course the safe of the YouTube, uh, remember to follow me on Instagram at collecting Raj. Also follow me, um, over on the YouTube channel at collecting Raj. You subscribe to the channel, 
go back through. I've got a slew of videos for unboxings, reviews, things like that. Go check that out. And then, of course, um, also follow the podcast and subscribe to it on Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you can find it at on your podcast platform of your choosing. And then, of course, uh, pretty soon I'm actually going to be doing a Q&A coming up. Um, so if you'd like to go through either YouTube or you could also go uh, through Instagram and shoot me a DM if you have any questions you'd like me to answer for you on the pod. And, uh, you know, maybe we can work out something like that. And I've also got a special episode I'll hopefully be trying to do sometime in the next week or two. Uh, I'm not really going to cover the details of what the episode is going to be just yet, but I think it's going to be a really fun episode. And it's going to be really insightful for a lot of people, both collectors and, of course, uh, non-collectors alike. So uh, look forward to that. But, yeah, slide in my DMs, shoot me a message, ask me any question you want, and I'll be more than happy to answer it. And, I, and like I said, we'll kick out a Q&A episode uh, coming up here pretty soon. But that's going to do it for now. Thank you guys as always. And remember, have yourselves an awesome week.